Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast, an NFL podcast for the players, by the players. Here is your host, 14-year NFL veteran and Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. Hello and welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast. I'm telling you guys are going to be excited about this panel. Uh, today we're talking about mentoring. How would I define mentoring? Credible, successful others who've already done well what you're attempting to do. And I think by the time this conversation ends, you guys are going to find out that these guys that I'm talking with are outstanding mentors. Finding people who can help you to get where you want to go and then returning the favor to help those who come after us reach their potential. Each member of today's panel has been a winner of the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. So y'all know what that tells me immediately? They weren't just focused on the field, but they knew how important the platform was and is uh, to leverage our influence and our fame on the field uh, to say, serve our community. First, we have the legendary Tampa Bay Buccaneers, my fellow inductee into the Hall of Fame, Derrick Brooks, Florida State Seminoles. He played 100 years in the league. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think he missed a game. Did you miss a game, Derrick? No, unfortunately, I, I didn't. I didn't think so. Think of that, a Will linebacker. Come on, fellas. Man, come on. Somebody need to be calling this guy Found out to find out how he did it. And uh, next we have a former, also Seminole, Buck and Atlanta Falcons and even Atlanta Falcons owner. That's right. We need to put that out there. Players <laughs> have some ownership stake. Uh, Warwick Dunn out of Baton Rouge and 
just watching his career, being from New Orleans, playing at the Southern University, knowing about Warwick. I'm so excited to the have him Southern here. The Southern University. The Southern University. That's right, Orlando Pace. Forget Ohio State. It's, it's the Southern University. And then we have uh, just fellow running back, Ladanian. He's also uh, Thomason, who's also done his podcast with me. So glad. And he and the guy sitting next to him, Jason Taylor, they fresh what they knew, gold jacket digs, <laughs> outstanding speeches, man. And I'm still just thinking about those moments. Always get back for these induction ceremonies and just to see you guys get in and tell your story. I think it was a coach or somebody I remember, Jason, you point out, and then just your collective speech, Ladanium, that connected us during this turbulent time in our country and your call to action. So we can ready to talk, guys. I've done the introduction, mentors. First part we want to deal with is mentor storage. Each of us have great success on and off the field. I'll start off with Ladanian. I, I want to know about uh, just your mentorship and, and you being guided along the way, uh, what they taught you and what those mentors have been to you. Mentoring, um, it started, I would say, with, with uh, people in my community, to be honest with you. You know, we hear the term a lot, it takes a village to raise a child. And that was certainly the case with, with me. I grew up in a small town, a small country town, Marlin, Texas, for the most part. There are small towns in Texas? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and so just having an older cousin, you know, who was just three years older than I, that I can kind of follow around at a young age and learn the, the right things to do, the wrong things to do, things I wanted to avoid seeing him throughout his journey. He ended up going to the Air Force. And so he, he set a, a great example early on about not only the stuff that I wanted to do on the field, but also the stuff to do in the community and how to take care of yourself in the classroom. He set a perfect example with that. And then I had a number of, of coaches. My, my high school running backs coach, Walter Brown, he was a godsend. And if it wasn't for, for this man, I probably wouldn't have went Division One. I. I probably would have had to go the JUCO route first. But this guy took me uh, when I was a sophomore, 15 years old, and I guess he's seen something in me. And he said, listen, son, we're going to get you ready uh, for college. You're going to need to take the SAT, the, mm -hmm. SA, the ACT. And I, I said, Coach, what is that? He said, mm -hmm. oh, those are oh, wow. college preparatory tests that you have to take in order to, to, uh, to get to college. And I said, you mean I got to take a test? I thought you just get a scholarship and you go, <laughs> you go yeah. to college. He said, oh, no, sir, sir, you got to take a test. Wow. So he started me at a young age, uh, 15 years old, taking these tests and mm -hmm. getting prepared for college. Wow. And then as time went on, a guy uh, by the name of Emmett Smith, who we all know, mm -hmm. started mentoring me in college, late in my college career. He was right mm -hmm. there in Dallas, and he was the perfect guy. I met Emmett first when I was 12 years old, believe it or not, 12. at a camp. Wow. And so I've had a number of, of great mentors throughout my life that have been really great for me, but those are the three that I initially I, uh, I think about. Yeah, one of the big things, uh, Ladanian, I hear three years old, it was initially your relative. Yeah. I noticed your mentor didn't have, we always think of mentors sometimes, Jason, I'll come to you next, as somebody that has to be much older. And here's somebody that's like a peer, a relative, but a peer, and you were able to humble yourself, so to speak, and learn so much from that person. That says a lot 
in terms just about yourself and as it relates to it doesn't have to be somebody older right. to be your mentor. It's just somebody, as I said, that you can look at that helps you make better decisions even at a young age. Appreciate you sharing that. Jason, come on with it, man. Well, for me, it was somebody that was older, or it was, a, I guess, a collective group of people that were, that were older. You know, I, I grew up without a dad, um, never knew my father. So you know, I had my mom and my, my older sister, so two women in the house and kind of a a vagabond kind of family for a while. So it was it was a guy named Jim Ekus initially that was he was a deacon at our church. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason took an interest in me and you know kinda was that mentor for me, that father figure a little bit, taught me how to, you know, do everything, whether it was, you know, painting a house or electrical, plumbing, <laughs> all this. Wow. So I, I think I was free labor initially, you know, <laughs> carrying the awning up the side of the scaffolding and, and the, the shingles for the roof and all that. But I, as I started to get older and older, 13, 14 years old, 15 years old, I started realizing that I'm picking up all this skill, all these skills or pieces of these skills as much as a kid can mm-hmm. um, at, at an early age. So it was, not only was it doing that, but it was, it was keeping me out of trouble. It was keeping me off the streets and keeping me out of some of the environment that I was growing up in. So, and I was a lost young kid. I didn't, I really didn't know a lot of things. I didn't understand, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh and I thought Pittsburgh was it. Like I saw these other places on TV sometimes, but I never knew, which I think a lot of kids have that feeling nowadays right. is outside mm-hmm. of that, outside of their zip code, you know, or, or, you know, it's like they don't know anything else. Wow. And I never knew what was on the other side of the tracks in Pittsburgh, you know, but, you know, so it was someone like, like Jim Mekas, and then there was my, you know, my high school coach is the one that ended up getting me involved right. in the game. Mm-hmm. He got me involved, got me started, um, got me to fall in love with this game of football. Because I was a basketball guy all, all my life, oh, but but he started me down. <laughs> yeah, but he started me down that road. So it was wow. again, even even through high school, I was I was kind of lost. It's like I, I didn't know a lot of stuff. Like I look back now, and, and I'm trying to teach my my kids and, mm-hmm. and kids that I coach now, you know, that there's so much more outside of our own community. And, and you know, Jason, I look you... back and I'm like, God, I didn't even know I didn't know all this stuff existed. You know, and, and for me, athletically, it was believe it or not, it was someone like Michael Jordan who at the time was, you know, still is one of the big, biggest names on this planet. But I became a student of Michael Jordan. Like I, every video, commercial, <laughs> basketball game, it was the competitiveness that he had, you know, the way he approached it. I would watch the way he'd handle officials, you know, on calls. And I know there was the Jordan rules wow. or whatever, but yeah. <laughs> I would watch how he'd react after a foul was called on him. And, and you know, how he'd react after a lot. I mean, I, I became a student of competition by watching Mike from a distance. So he was one of your serious mentors. Big time. Who you never met. Right. And wow. I, I had a chance to meet him. I, got, I met him when I finally got in the league. Yeah. But, and I told him so. You know, I, I, went, I went to a Heat game and, and ended up going when he was playing for the Wizards and went in the locker room after the game and had a chance to meet him and sit down and, and chop it up. And I told him, I said, you, you know, wow. this may sound like a, you know, a big fan thing and I probably <laughs> yeah. shouldn't say this because I'm supposed to be the cool NFL guy now, but... You know, you're Michael Jordan, and I idolized you from day one, wow. and and still do. I mean, up to that point, I still did. Yeah. And then when I became friends with him, I started really leaning on him for more information. It's, I mean, to this day, if Mike says something, I listen. Wow. Oh, I wanted you to describe something earlier. You said you were lost. Can mm-hmm. you describe what what that was like? Like you felt, man, I was lost. What what was that like for you? Um. It's looking back. At the time, it was, you know, you're a kid, you're an adolescent at, at, you know, 
11 through 16 years old, 17 years old. So you you really don't know how to put it into words. But now that I look back, it's it was you know, trying to find an identity, trying to find out who I was. You know, I was I was a small, skinny kid. And I had a growth spurt to became a skinny, tall kid. I didn't win a whole lot of fights growing up. Um, I'll win some now, so don't try me. But <laughs> I didn't win a That's whole lot. That's why you got the weight room, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I was often picked last at the playground, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't the cool kid in high school, so wow. I, I had a real identity crisis trying to figure out how do I fit in. I was homeschooled in high school. You know, and that was before homeschooling kind of came, kind of became a thing and and became more popular. And I got made fun of for it. I wasn't part of the in crowd because I was home all day and would show up for practice. So wow. there was a bit of a disconnect there, even with teammates. You know, it was always have always been kind of a loner growing up, and, sure. and uh, you know that's hard for a kid sometimes. You're trying to figure out, you know, I want to be cool enough in high school to be with the, the athletes, but you don't always feel welcome because you're you're not there. Didn't have a father figure to bounce these things off of. You know, my mom did the best she could and did an amazing job, but you know, there's something to be said about having that male authority and, right. and mentor figure around yeah. you. That's fascinating, wow. Warwick. You know, Warwick, when I, just knowing glimpses of your story with your mom, obviously you share those things. Tell us about your mentors and when did you realize how important it was to have mentors? Well, I, I think, you know, early on, you know, I was raised by a community where, you know, community where we call it the field next to Southern University that uh, I grew up in. That's and the Southern University. <laughs> yeah. Well, by Southern University. <laughs> I support the Jags. So I support the Jags. But uh, I, just, I just think a community, in a sense, you know, raised me. And my grandmother was a mentor to me just because I know that she cleaned houses growing up. So we used to always go with her and we have to clean up before we could play with, you know, the uh, we at that time we call them rich people toys, you know. So we used wow. to, you know, go to, go to their house, help clean up a little bit, but she would pay us by taking us to McDonald's back then. You get a little ninety nine cent burger, whatever. But so her work ethic, I think, taught me a lot about the commitment that she had to provide for us. But then, growing up, when I started playing football, you know, and at seven years old, and I was the last, you know, I go out in the the corner, and I was the last guy I picked because I was the smallest guy. I mean, so I was used to being small, and uh, and I met this guy. His name is Malin Brooks, my pops, Choo Choo. I mean, he's he's still in my life today. Who started teaching me the game of football, and he really taught me like the true fundamentals of the game, and everything was about commitment, hard work. Uh, he made a lot of mistakes in his life growing up. I mean, he wasn't one time an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. You know, he he made some mistakes and he looked out for me because I didn't have a father, right? I mean, my dad was never around and my mom was always working. So he was someone that didn't want me to make the same mistakes he made. You know, I, st I really started to look at him as a person that I, you know, aspire to to be better than. Mm -hmm. and. I just, I just think over the years, he's just been a real big part of my life, but uh, someone that that I love and respect, that, who I treat like my father today because of the commitment he made to me and my, my family you know, at that particular time, being older of six. So, you know, from that, um, I, I think I grew up idolizing Tony Dorsett, you know, back then. 
the New Orleans Saints. They were never on TV. They had bags on their heads. So it was always <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I was born in New Orleans too, right? So uh, I, I understand, right? Well, I say, hey, baby, you know, we all say, right? But, you know, just growing up in Louisiana, though, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, that's who I, I idolized. You know, I was a Cowboys fan, but Tony Dorsett was like, the guy. He was my guy. Because he wasn't the biggest guy. I mean, I was really small. I mean, I, I, I got drafted. I was only 170 pounds, right? So, I mean, just watching Tony run, though, just the way that he was, you know, avoided hits and was, was I mean, he was so smooth. And I was like, that's what I want to be like. So I try to pattern and steal some of his moves, you know, throughout the years. And when I had an opportunity to meet him a couple of years ago, wow. you know, to go and tell a guy that, hey, man, you you who I want to be like. I mean, yeah. you know, for me, that was, that was huge. So I've had a lot of different people that have influenced me. But throughout my life, I would tell you, I've met I've met a lot of different people who's, who've done a little bit of this. They left out your life and come in, someone else right. do something, yeah. then they mm -hmm. would leave out your life. So it's like I learned early on that, you know, people come and go out of your life. It's like different seasons. They come there to help to assist you. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I went to Florida State, I had a guy, it's like, you need to wear a tie, this or that. I mean, I had a guy who wasn't even my father. It's just like, hey, I'm gonna help you out. You know, I'm gonna buy you a jacket, I'm gonna buy you a tie and a shirt so that you look professional. So it's like different people have done different things that I've been able to, you know, definitely learn to take some things from this person, that person, and hopefully, you know, over a course of time, you put all that together. Thank you, Warrior. Man, 170 pounds. Derrick, yeah. he must have been licking your chops, <laughs> man, at uh, Florida he, State or when he, he got to Tampa. Well, he he tried to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the first plays, and probably my favorite, I've seen Warrior obviously play a lot of plays as his teammate. But one of the most impressive plays is in practice. I think it was our first scrimmage. Mm -hmm. He caught a screen pass against our defense. We didn't touch him. Number one defense. Right? Number one defense. We, my, my yeah, freshman year, we were, didn't touch him. We didn't touch him. And we, who is this guy? <laughs> and yeah. that's the guy from Baton Rouge that played quarterback. We're like, uh-oh, we got to get this. If he did this against us, whew. Then Coach Bowles saw how we wanted to get after him. Took him out. Yes. Time out, time out. Time out, hold up, hold up. You know, I was just like, listen, you can't, you know, I had a, just growing up though, right, I, I had such a chip on my shoulders that yeah. mm -hmm. I don't care who I hear, because I mean, I'm, I'm in a huddle and all those guys was <laughs> like that, but it didn't matter. So I was 150, 60 pounds. Yeah, he was wow. The funny thing is, so you guys are seeing this guy, mm -hmm. skinny kid, small kid. You got this chip on your shoulder, but you're standing on your mentor's shoulders. Yeah. The guys that took the time to help put in you the confidence, and it didn't matter. It wasn't a size issue for you. So they just were seeing a frame, but the mentality of a big player was in that smaller frame. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who were those mentors for you, D? Well, I, I think of it as kind of, as Warwick said, seasonal for me. I necessarily didn't have a, a real mentor growing up, but I had people in my life, it's like for as my stepdad and discipline. And he's a guy that dropped out of school in the sixth grade with 16 other siblings, but he had to work. But his work ethic and discipline and working poured into me as his stepson that when I was acting out in school in the fifth grade, 
he said I was gonna come up there and whoop me in front of your class. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, right. You know, you're <laughs> always busy, man. You're out there, you know, reading blueprints and doing construction. He, he work, he don't get home to six o'clock at night, so he, he don't have time. He said, I'm gonna show you how to be a class clown. You're gonna get all the laughs you want for a lifetime. I was like, all right. Sure enough, man, I kept on doing it because I never thought he was coming. One Friday, I was just seeing him peeping in the little square hole in the classroom door. He comes in very quietly. Hey, Dad, we're going home early today. So I'm picking at the kids. Hey, I get to go home early. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm going to the back of the room and I just hear that ooh sound. I'm like, ooh. You mean like when you're coming out the that tunnel ooh, before a game? Yeah, one of them, you know something <laughs> going down, <laughs> but you don't know what's going down. <laughs> I turned around, man, and this man had his belt, took his belt off his jeans, was standing there. <laughs> Come here, you thought I was playing with your behind. So I'm, nah, he, he gotta catch me. <laughs> That's what I said, my mind, he gotta catch me. So I'm zigzagging through the desk, and man, somebody put their foot out and tripped me. <laughs> 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 this is, what is it, these were siblings who got you? In the fifth grade, somebody in my class. Oh, somebody in the class. I could oh. swear right now, I swear up to a down, it was Charles Evans. Boy, every time I see Charles Evans, I just look at him like, dude, I know you tripped me. I know you tripped me. But man, somebody tripped me, and he whooped me right there in front of my fifth grade class. And I'm proud to say that that changed my life because that's the last time my dad ever whooped me. Mm -hmm. And he told me that night, you know, hey, it's not about you know anything you do. You're gonna learn how to treat people. Mm -hmm. He's like those kids in there, you're smart. Is everyone know you make all A's, but you need to start being an asset to the teacher. Help one of these kids in here that's not making all A's. Instead of laughing at them, you need to help them. So I kind of got that sense of, of helping others in that regards early, like I say in the fifth grade. But my image, when I look at a mentorship or a success, was our insurance man. And you remember the insurance man back then, he used to go day to day and collect those premiums. And that's door all, to door. Oh, yes, door sir. to door. Yes, had a suit on, yes, drove a nice car, Mr. Herbert. So Mr. Herbert was my image. Man, that's, that's, he's making a lot of money and everybody paying. And my mom and dad don't have no problem paying him. Everybody else, <laughs> they got something to say, but except him. I don't know what he do with his money, but he gets it. <laughs> so that to me was, I want to be like Mr. Herbert. They drive a nice little BMW. I got it, that was my first car I got, because I wanted wow. a BMW like Mr. Herbert. Wow. And, and I asked him one day, how do, I, how do I get your job, Mr. Herbert, like you? He said, you got to go to college, son. I said, what's college? He said, like college. I said, okay, you know, I know you go to high school. That's the 12th grade. Yeah, I said, this is like the 13th, 14th grade? <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's like the 13th, 14th grade. For some people, it's the 20th grade, but I don't think that would be the case for you. <laughs> I said, okay. So I just, that was my, in terms of, okay, that was like a self-motivator for me. And I guess when I look at mentorship and self-motivation, you know, all that kind of started to spur itself. Because I never, you know, needed a lot to motivate me. And, and uh, I'll share that story with you in a second. And the third piece of that is through my grandmother as well. And I really learned what you talk about selfless and servant leadership was through her. And it was through cooking. You know, off the street or from her job or wherever. And she just fed people through cooking. I always just wondered how, how she did it. And it was always some her giving back to somebody else. And I just asked her, why are you always feeding people? 
And she said, why? She said, so, he said Derek, you, know, you never know when you'll be the only Bible somebody ever see. Hmm. Wow. wow. I said, wow. You see, and the way I look at the Bible, it's all about serving. And so this is my way of serving. So that's kind of how the serving got built into my life. And, you know, I never really got a mentor until later, until I met Coach Dungey. That's when I truly think that's the first person I've seen that had success that I wanted to duplicate and build into someone else. Everything else was life lessons. Being a student athlete, I was self-motivated by the word dumb jock. I hated that word, still wow. hate that word. I wanted to be the example. I will only be the only African-American kid in honors classes making A's and wow. still go out on the football field and basketball court and light it up. You don't have to be looked at any different. Right. And I was motivated off reading about Dexter Manley, how uh -huh. they passed him through college because he couldn't read. Couldn't read, yes. And that, I read that in USA Today, and I was like, yeah, I will not be that guy. Wow. I, and that's how people start to look at And I even, I was so bold, I told one of my teachers, I want to sit right in front of you. And she said, why? I said, because I'm the only one in here looks like me, and I don't want you to accuse me of cheating when I make all eight. Wow. wow. She looked at yeah. me, and wow. she's like, you need to go down to the principal's office. I said, for what? For challenging myself? And she, she sat down and said, you're right. I said, they will cheat off me. They know. They've been in my classes the last four or five years. They, they'll, they'll be cheating. Trust me. Wow. And she sent I, you to the office? Yeah, because she thought I was being a smart aleck. Wow. She tells a story now as motivating a kid. Sure. At the time, she wanted to get me suspended for school. But you are a smart aleck. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. That's Warwick Dunn that said that. That's Warwick Dunn, <laughs> just so you know the voice, just you, in case you don't recognize the voice. If you've been around him long enough, <laughs> you know he's a smart aleck. I got a good sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. That's we how know. I like <laughs> Derek, you pointed out something. Um, it's one thing to have positive mentors. But you pointed out a story about what Dexter Manley went through yes. from a negative standpoint, what you didn't want to mm -hmm. become. And watching that, there's no disparity on Dexter. No. But being able to learn from some of our some people, contemporaries that mm -hmm. maybe didn't do it so well and then learn it from it. Mm -hmm. As I close this portion, I'm almost in tears, man. My dad's birthday was, he turned 72 on January 21st. And um, I never had to look outside the house mm -hmm. for, for a mentor. Two older brothers, my dad, he's the first college graduate on both sides of the family. He's the youngest of nine. He, four brothers, four sisters. His four brothers, the oldest died sclerosis of the liver, alcoholic, drug addict. Uh, the second one shot and killed at a bar. Uh, the third one, a millionaire distributing heroin. Sentenced to Angola for life. I was fortunate to get him out of jail the year before he died. Mm. And his Ford brother died homeless. Mm. Yeah. And, um, man. But do you think we, we all learn from the negative things, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, my pops, things that he did, you know, I knew from the stores, I didn't want to be like him or go through that experience, right. you know, but I also had family members. My mom's a police officer. My uncle, he was the Nino Brown in our neighborhood, right? He sold drugs, and that part, that other side of my family, 
you know, they had to do whatever they had to do to survive, and but also saw the lifestyle that that's not the life I want to live, right. right? And that's not the life that I want for my younger brothers and sisters. So, you know, we're all driven in different ways to help our families, but we also know that we had to help ourselves first, right? We had to, you know, I, had, I was the first in my family to graduate from college, and it was important mm -hmm. to me that I graduate with a degree so that I can lead by example. Right. So a lot of my mentors, I would tell you, you know, they led by example, right? And I mean, with Coach Dungey, I mean, I look at him as a mentor as well because mm -hmm. when we played, when I played in Tampa with him, it was always perception versus reality. reality. I mean, I'll, I'll go to my grave thinking about the perception versus reality because people are gonna have one perception of you, no matter what that is. But the reality is, it's still an, it's in our control, right? It's, it's what we choose to do with it. And when he related that in football to so many terms, mm -hmm. and we, we was the bad news bucks at, at one point in time, it's like, <laughs> but hey, if you do, this one play right here changes the game. This guy does this right here. If this guy does his, I mean, it's like the reality is, you know, we don't win this game by three points, we win by 21 points. Or we, you know, this is the difference with winning and losing. What the truth is versus what the oh, his perception, favorite, yeah. Oh, his favorite story was, you know, he said, you know, players, you all go out to, you know, the restaurant and a nice young lady comes up and she's smiling at you the whole time. He said the perception is you think she likes you because you look good, you're a football player. Reality is she working on a tip. <laughs> <laughs> That's his favorite story. It's a reality. She's working on a tip. The guy is just is phenomenal, and it's been so good. We're gonna have to split this up into two parts. So stay tuned. This has been the NFL Legends Podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at NFLLegends at NFL.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
Sunday. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.